Welcome to In the Lead with UCEA, bringing you pivotal conversations with people making an impact on educational leadership preparation, practice, and policy. I'm Monica Bern-Jimenez, Executive Director of the University Council for Educational Administration. In today's episode, we hear from Susan Gates, Director of the Office of Research Quality Assurance at RAND. From UPPI's inception in 2016, Susan has been instrumental in following the development and implementation of each program's redesign and identifying key learnings. After observing the initiative for six years, what were some of those key learnings? What were the essential elements for university and district partnerships? What research challenges emerged along the way? Welcome to In the Lead, Susan, and thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. For the past few months, we've talked with the UPPI program directors about specific issues in their redesign efforts, such as issues of equity, faculty leadership, partnership development, sustainability. You are, in fact, the ribbon that ties up our exploration of UPPI. (laughs) So again, welcome. Just if we can start with, if you can tell us about the research project and some of those voices that you had to navigate, those interests that you had to navigate through the process. Sure. Well, Brand was asked to conduct a research study. Our effort kicked off as the initiative kicked off. And so we had the opportunity to be on the journey with the UPPI Mm -hmm. participants documenting what they were doing over time and coming up with measures of effectiveness, looking at the outcomes. And so in thinking about what we had to navigate through the research, we were observing the participants as they were learning, as they were learning about what would be expected of them as they were learning about one another, Mm. about how they would interact with one another. The initiative itself was really grounded in about 15 years of research that the Wallace Foundation had sponsored, research on what it takes for school districts to identify and support effective leaders what it takes for state governments to set up structures to drive effective leadership preparation and oversight of effective leaders, and then what it takes for universities to put together leadership preparation programs that are effective. And this initiative, the UPPI, brought together all of those stakeholder groups and asked them to collaborate to build more effective principal preparation programs by further improving those state structures, Mm. by further improving that collaboration between the districts and the universities. And so all of those stakeholders were at the table and kind of feeling each other out, (laughs) uh, figuring out, okay, how are we going to work together to push this even further? Mm -hmm. And so we were observing and documenting that and really describing their journey as they figured out what it would take to move the ball even further down the field. I think one challenge from a research perspective was just building that trust. 
what would we be documenting? What would we be saying? And another challenge that I hadn't really run up against in prior research studies, which in the education field had typically focused on efforts within school districts, was that because this initiative was bringing representatives from universities and specifically university faculty Mm -hmm. to the table, they are researchers. Right. (laughs) And so they wanted to be involved in the research. And we were sort of like, well, wait a minute, we're the researchers here. So I would say that was one of the biggest unexpected challenges that we had to navigate as we went along. Yeah, which is fascinating because in some ways, the whole endeavor was putting faculty into different and not roles, but different, or having to assume different roles, different identities, right? From being professor to being learner, mm-hmm. from being researcher to being participant, mm-hmm. and sort of shaking up that snow globe a bit, but in ways that, from what you found and from what you've written, was also very generative and helped unlearn some things that were happening and create new relationships. So I think that effort, that sort of process of becoming a learner and being able to share learning publicly, I think seems to be an important part of what the directors have talked about. And I think what kind of what you're getting at as well. It's fascinating. Yeah. And I guess working off of that a little bit, what were some things that surprised you, either about your research effort or around what you were seeing happening in the programs or in this new table that was being set for all the different community participants? Yeah. So there were a lot of things that were surprising. I think one of the biggest surprises was the degree of openness Mm -hmm. that the university-based UPPI participants had in terms of really sharing their authentic learnings Mm -hmm. with university programs that were not participating in UPPI. I'm an economist by training, and so I often think about things through a competitive lens. And these principal preparation programs are often highly competitive with one another. They're competing for the same students. Mm -hmm. They're competing to be the number one in the U.S. News and World Report ranking, whatever. And I expected that the university programs that were participating in the initiative would be very forthcoming and would share their ups and downs with one another. And that did, in fact, happen. They learned a tremendous amount from one another. Mm -hmm. They also learned a lot from the mentor programs that Mm -hmm. were also part of the initiative. These were programs that had already been through a major program redesign that was focused on authentic collaborations with school districts. Those mentor programs were brought in And they also shared a lot with the UPPI programs. So that learning from within the initiative happened, and I wasn't as much surprised by that. But what I was surprised by was the degree to which the UPPI faculty were very eager to engage with other programs in their communities, their states, and share those lessons learned so that programs beyond theirs would benefit from the learnings as well. And in many cases, this happened through state convenings, through UCEA conferences, Mm -hmm. or through even just like one-on-one interactions that I think eventually were supported by other foundations. 
to really spread the learning. And so I thought that was surprising and welcome takeaway from the initiative. Right. So any initial uncertainty was quickly worked through in an effort to really identify people's learning, which I think is what's made the UPPI as an initiative and all the work that you've been doing subsequently to really identify what that learning was and then how to build off of that. So as a program who wasn't involved, be able to not replicate, but to use the process for our own improvement. Yeah. And I would say it even goes beyond, you know, it's like squelching uncertainty, but it's just being open and sharing material, like just being willing to share tools, syllabi, very detailed things about what it would take to do similar work yep. in your context, as opposed to keeping everything close hold and a competitive secret, right. viewing it as something that could benefit the state, the region, the field as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, very hopeful. <laughs> yeah. I think another surprise was to see the development of models for universities to collaborate with districts other than large urban school districts. So I think one of the challenges that we've observed through our earlier research in this space of principal preparation is that Everybody understands that principal preparation relies on access to authentic learning environments, to schools, to districts, mm -hmm. and that these principals are being prepared to work in school districts. And therefore, universities need to partner with school districts to stay up to date on what's going on in the school districts, what it means to be a principal today. And to provide those hands-on learning opportunities. And it's relatively easy to build those relationships with large school districts. Mm -hmm. But how do you take it to the smaller school? Because there are so many yeah. in a particular community, right? And we saw some great models of consortia of school districts mm -hmm. that were able to come together and then work with the universities, consortia of rural school districts, especially, to be able to provide that voice to the university without the universities having to develop everything on a one-off basis. So I think that was another big learning opportunity through the initiative. Right. And that kind of gets to my next question about any compelling prototypes or ideas that you thought were models that were being tested through the UPPI that you may have observed. Yeah, so I think that there were a lot of features of the redesign that ended up being tested. One thing that was actually baked into the initiative was the use of a tool called Quality Measures, which is a tool that the Wallace Foundation has supported over the years, which provides a structured approach for districts and universities to kind of reflect on the quality of a principal preparation program with an emphasis on bringing data to bear. And there was some reluctance to using that approach, I think, initially. But I think by the end of the initiative, I think there was common agreement that going through that process 
really helped drive attention to the areas of the program that needed improvement and also how the partnerships could better support dialogue and then also build better data resources to inform program development. So I think that was one area where we saw some evidence of success just in terms of the structures that you need in place to redesign a principal preparation program broadly. Another area where we saw a lot of activity was around selection into the principal preparation programs. So I think traditionally, principal preparation programs have been viewed as perhaps not very selective. And to the extent that there were explicit selection criteria, it was normally things like test scores or grade point averages in prior degree programs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The UPPI programs all shifted their selection criteria to rely more heavily on district input, focused explicitly on whether, based on a person's work in the district, whether they were a good candidate for a principal preparation program at this time. Mm -hmm. So it was less like academic and based on things like test scores and grades and more oriented toward the authentic work of a principal and a person's ability to succeed not only in an academic program, but also on the job as a principal. And so, you know, we saw things like hands-on exercises that people would have to go through in order to demonstrate administrative potential and capability, as well as things like recommendations from district leaders and things along those lines. So that was another area, and I think something that has continued since the initiative wound down. And then, yeah, I think those are the things that come top of mind. And it's also, it seems to be a different way, perhaps, or a different attitude towards valuing local knowledge and local context and local experiences, right? Which sometimes becomes secondary when thinking about acceptance into an academic program or something. And I can imagine that was a big shift, an important shift between the relationship between the programs and the districts. Yes, definitely. And I think another element of that was the shift in emphasis on the clinical aspect of the program. And there were two things that all of the programs did. I mean, so principal preparation programs have long had this combined emphasis on both the academic learning and the clinical practice learning. But the UPPI redesign really drove the programs to intentionally integrate the two so that the academic learning was feeding into what was happening in the schools But the other aspect of this was bringing those clinical practice faculty Mm -hmm. into the program design and improvement in a more intentional way to inform, like, is what's being taught in the classroom what today's leaders need to know about? And are we making sure to reinforce that academic learning in terms of what we're doing with the learning that's taking place in the school The programs were really forced to think about who is in charge of that clinical learning. (laughs) Schools realized, oh, 
Yeah, maybe it's not the best idea to just assume that a teacher who's currently in our principal preparation program, that their building principal can be an effective mentor for their learning to become a principal. Because if you're just a poor teacher who's in a building with an ineffective principal, you need a different person guiding your learning, Mm -hmm. maybe even more so than a teacher who happens to be in a building with a highly effective principal. Maybe people need mentors and clinical advisors, and how do we think about that? So that was an area that definitely got a lot of attention and reflection, you know, as well as thinking about how we compensate those people and how we feed their feedback, as I was saying earlier, back into the academic curriculum. Sort of that cycle, right, of Mm -hmm. sort of academic practical in a way that actually strengthens both, which is really exciting to think about. Thinking about what you observed throughout the initiative, what, if any, remaining questions do you have about any part of partnership development, preparation, improvement, anything? Well, I mean, that's a great question. The initiative was winding down as the COVID pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. So we did continue following the partnerships and the universities until, I believe, early 2021. But that was still a time frame that was heavily impacted by the pandemic. Right. And I study principal retention and career paths. So I know that there was a weird principal retention dynamic that happened. So during the first two years of the pandemic, principal retention was actually relatively low, which I interpret as principals are just incredibly committed people and they were not about to abandon their schools during the pandemic. Right. But then it kind of ticked up as people were like, okay, we're done. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need a break or right. it's now it's my time to retire or whatever. And of course, the pandemic surfaced a whole new set of responsibilities, competencies that we probably didn't think about before the pandemic that we now think are essential for a principal to have. So a big wondering for me is just how have these programs absorbed the lessons from the pandemic and responded to those in terms of revising their programs? Because, of course, a big emphasis of the UPPI was that continuous learning. So we go through the process, we gather data, and then we see how it works. We monitor how are the principles we produce, are they effective, are people graduating, those kinds of things, and then make adjustments to the program. So definitely would be interested to know how some of that played out. The other big wondering is whether and how programs, especially given what we all lived through during the pandemic, how they've been able to tap technology to make their programs more accessible. So interestingly enough, prior to the pandemic, San Diego State University had already had plans to develop a program with a virtual emphasis. Mm -hmm. And so they were able, since they already had that kind of in the pipeline, they were able to really build that out quickly during the pandemic and make that more widely available. But I'm curious as to whether other programs have leaned in more to the virtual content delivery since the pandemic. 
And one of the reasons that's a big wondering for me is because these programs are targeting working people who are working in disparate locations, regardless of where these programs are taking place. And so a virtual option would be more accommodating for potential students. And so I'm curious as to whether it's taken off and programs are using the virtual option much more, Mm -hmm. or whether they've returned to a more in-person emphasis Yeah. And I think, how have they been able to capture what they've learned through the lockdown and the school closings and stuff in order to improve their program, right? Those are the big questions out there, I think, for all of us in higher education Mm -hmm. and probably pre-K to 12. Susan, we could talk all afternoon. Yeah. (laughs) Because I have so many questions, but I can't thank you enough for being here. It was great having a chance to catch up with you and see, you know, again, your experiences as a researcher watching the UPPI. So thank you for that. And maybe we'll have you back someday to talk more about, you know, other research that you do in ed leadership. Sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, Susan. Thanks, Monica. In the Lead is produced by University FM. We'd like to thank the Wallace Foundation for their support of this podcast and you, our listeners, for your commitment to improving educational leadership and policy to create equitable, ethical, and socially just outcomes for each child. 